sir. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Hey, baseball fans. Welcome to another episode of the California Penal League podcast. We're really happy you're here. I'm Steve with me, as always, is Fabs and Chris. And uh, we are we're going to switch it up for a quick bit. Uh, I know, obviously, this is our this is a Cleveland Indians podcast, primarily soon to be Cleveland Guardians deal with it. Uh, but I wanted to throw that I, I wanted to throw this out. I want to get I want to do some MLB talk before we get into the absolute sort of pain that is currently the Cleveland <laughs> clutching my pearls. So scared right now where this is going. Yeah. There's nothing too crazy, but I, I was actually thinking about this recently and I wanted to throw it out to you guys as a, a little bit of gotcha, gotcha journalism, gotcha sports journalism. Oh, I'm excited. Oh. Who makes you come the hardest from the <laughs> oh. Mets? No, <laughs> this is going to be, the, yeah, well, this will be the episode that like someone really important. This is the first episode they listened to. And within one minute, somebody's talking about coming really hard. So. Bud C looks like I want to invest in a podcast and get back in the game. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Not this one. So I was just looking at a bunch of young players in baseball. This is just ripping right into it. I was looking at a bunch of young players. And, and part of it is that Wander Franco is just an absolute beast who, as of tonight's recording, extended his on-base streak to, I think, 38 games. I don't think he's 39 yet. 38 games. So That's it. I thought he was into the 40s. Not yet. Uh, what a bum. The, the next the next one is 43 i think that would be the i think that's the record i can't i don't know i'm losing okay. track but he's like right there so it partly spurred that so you've got wander franco who i believe is yeah he's 20 years old then thinking about like the rest of the young talent in baseball like all of them are 22 so as of right now ronald acuña jr Fernando Tatis Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Juan Soto, believe it or not, are all 22 freaking years old. That's so crazy. That's utterly insane that all those players the are the Juan exact Soto same one age. is Juan Soto, that's breaking my brain. Well, he got called up when he was like 18. Yes, he was he was 19 in his rookie season and still finished second in the NL um rookie of the year to Ronald Acuña. So Absolutely insane. But Juan Soto actually is the guy who made me think about this because I was looking at some of the stat cast stuff for Juan Soto and he's literally in like the hundredth percentile for everything. He's a beast. And so I wanted to ask you guys this question. If you were given the choice of one of those players, so Acuna, Tatis, Soto, Guerrero, and Franco, Franco, who would you choose if you had them for their career? Who would be the guy that you would build your team around? What's the one player that you would choose right now? I think That's I have my answer, question. but I want to get your. I, I have my question. answer. I have mine. Can I can I spin it on you again? Like do it on their one eighty. You may, and um, because it's. And we did not plan this, folks. This was not this is 
I was throwing a curveball right off the, the bat because I didn't um, I didn't really want to talk about the Indians' twenty-two inning scoreless streak <laughs> to start it off. So Dennis Lynn of the Athletic, I guess the Athletic writers are doing kind of a what if now that there's the Marvel what if on Disney Plus. Okay. Ooh. Why aren't we doing that? We have. I mean, we've done what ifs. We yeah, we're going to do yeah, more. Yeah, and yeah, we're Marvel, going to do more. Marvel stole our idea, I guess. Marvel, those <sighs> sneaky, sneaky individuals over there at Disney who are financially backed by a much better legal team than we'll ever be. Anyway, he came out with an article that I just read today. I think it came out. Uh, oh, it came out today. The article was, what if the San Diego Padres had sa- signed Juan Soto? <laughs> and basically, and, it goes And then also through. traded for Tatis? Yeah. Oh! So, oh I'm going to do the, I'm going to do a real gotcha journalism and say that based on this article that I read, could you imagine Tatis Jr. and Soto in the same lineup together? Uh, Two 22-year-olds. That's what I would dream of. And they would have extended both of them. They would have just thrown all the money out. It mm-hmm. nearly happened. It was so close to happening. And you want to know why it didn't? Because A.J. Preller, the general manager of the Padres at the time, came in and was looking at Yoan Mankata and yeah. throwing all sorts of money at him in the international mm-hmm. free agent signing that they wasted so much time chasing Mankata that they missed out on Soto. Mm. And Tatis Jr. wasn't a hot wasn't a top prospect in that class. He, he was really in the Shields some- trade. He was in the Shields trade. Yeah. So imagine had wow. the Padres just been like, all right, Mankata, kick rocks. We're going to turn our attention to Soto. Now, there's some things that, you know, they they go on to say that, you know, they wouldn't have gotten so-and-so and so-and-so, and they'd probably be a little bit maybe more strapped. Um, I don't know, man. I'd be pretty happy trying to build a team around those two guys at 22 years old. Yeah, I would take those two in a heartbeat. So I don't care what the hell is going on with the rest of the team. It's like I'll figure it out. But I've got the two best. My answer in a real journalistic twist. I'm picking two players. So I absolutely love that you came locked and loaded with that. (laughs) And and this was an unprompted investigation, but that was great. Yeah, so Soto and Tatis Jr. Well, no, okay, so you got to pick one of the two. No, I'm taking both. Narr- <laughs> oh, okay. I'm taking. I'm okay. taking all three. I'm taking three of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're all going to do team friendly deals. They're all going to make all ten gonna million gonna a year. Kumbaya, and it's yeah, they want to do it perfectly. Ten year, eighty million dollar contracts for all three. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, all right, Fabs. Who, who are you? Um, you can't choose I mean, two, like, but who are you taking? Okay, I'm not going to um, choose two. Come back to me in a second. Okay, I love Fernando Tatis Jr. Like, he's the best. He's so fun. I'm picking Juan Soto. Um, he's. I'm shocked that he's 22. Like, I don't know, like, why my brain couldn't figure that out. No, I still don't but, get it, yeah. 
it's it's insane. But like, what's what's so awesome about what I get with Soto that I don't really have with any of the other people on this list, even though they're all incredible. They're all gonna have. I love Acuna. Like, I love all these guys. Uh, but what I get with Soto, he was so clutch in that World Series. Like, he was so clutch. Yeah. In that Nationals World Series, and he did that he was at 20. nineteen. 20, he was 20 when 20. that happened. Like, like that's amazing. Like that, that already right there is cool. I know when, when we, you know, they're obviously on a, a little bit of a down downturn, but I know if I have him for his career and he's already delivered a world series for me uh, and was like very instrumental in that, that postseason. like, I'm not worried. I have a known commodity. Like, I don't, I don't know what to teach is. Like, I think these guys are all going to do great. Like, but uh, Acuna hasn't done a whole lot in the postseason. Tatis hasn't been there yet. Neither has Vlad Jr. Wander Franco just got caught up. So we're going to see Franco in this postseason. Well, Tatis was there last be... year, but. Oh, in that like mini. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a yeah, traditional postseason environment. Yeah. And, um, and Wander Franco, we're going to get to see like what he's going to do this year, which is going to be super fun and exciting. Devotion and... to accuracy as well. If I can step in for a second. Oh, yeah. Acuna's go ahead. 23. Okay. Who is Acuna? Did he just turn twenty three? Uh, in December of last year. So now. Okay. Okay. So he's twenty three. Okay. The Google so, machine tells me he's twenty three. Yes. 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 Yeah. But yeah. So my answer Juan Soto. But you like really can't go wrong with any of these guys because Vlad Junior. Dude, I know he had that like his first year. Everyone. His, I know his cards went way down, and they're like, I don't know, I don't know about this guy. And then this year, he's just putting together, you know, like an MVP campaign. So yeah, monster. Yeah, the only so Juan Soto would be Juan Soto was my my pick. The only reason that I would think about Vlad Junior is because he's a first baseman, and mm, okay, it's getting like hard. I would say like it's like more difficult these days to find a first baseman. Who's that sort of like every single day in the lineup hitting in the top of the order or middle of the order who mashes. Obviously there's, there's guys, there's guys out there. There are guys who have been doing it, but I don't know. I feel like it's not as easy to find that these days than it is to find like like a great outfielder and maybe I'm completely wrong on that but there's something about like him playing first base where I'm like you know you got that you got a prime infield position locked up and you know I don't know he would obviously become a DH eventually but like I don't know, there's something about him playing first base that would intrigue me. If I was like, I got to start from scratch, at least I'll have my first baseman. But I, I don't know, I don't know how important okay, that I mean, really would be. But 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 no, that's interesting. And like the other thing, what's interesting about that is less likely le- less likelihood of injury as a first hurt. baseman. That's the other. Yeah, that's yeah, actually yeah. a really good point. Yeah. Also, he can just play DH. He doesn't even need to be in the field. These other guys, other than like Wander Franco, they don't even have that option right now. Well, that's true. Are we? Well, we'll assume that we're uh, going to be playing uh, GM in the future, where every team has the DH. But it actually is a good point. Is like if you know outfielders. I mean, look at Acuna this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
tearing his ACL. I, I would think That's, about that. Well, and um, Juan Soto's been hurt this year. So yeah, he he's been yeah, hurt. He started the year hurt, I think. He, yeah, like really early May yeah. or late April. So and the other thing that's actually my mom. Too. My mom has partial season tickets with like a coworker in DC, and she she really likes Juan Soto. So she she was very annoyed that she missed several Juan Soto oh, games a, because of his injuries. Oh, that's a bummer. That but I'm yeah. sure she's loving it now, man. Yeah, yeah. Aside from the fact that they stink, but but the Nationals are doing it right. The Nationals are super smart because they basically just cleared house and we're like, we're just going to build around Juan Soto and we have all totally. these young prospects and stuff now. And they got the World Series out of it. They got their oh, World and they Series. they won a freaking World, they series. Got a World Series against the Astros, which is even better. That, that, that's the perfect, like, no team did it better than Nationals where they, they kicked Bryce Harper to the curb. And we're like, we don't fucking need you. And then the immediately next went out and won the World Series. <laughs> Yes. And then like, and then like, we're competitive, and but then just we're like clearing house. They were like, "Oh, Trey Turner, we still have you for a few years." Bye. They they made some yeah. pretty bold moves. So actually, they're kind of just doing. Exactly and they still what have an just, ace. They still have Strasburg. Like they're not starting from ahead. complete scratch. Yeah, yeah I but mean, he, but he did. I mean, he, he was great in the postseason. He's like though. thirty. Well, he's signed forever, yeah. so they're yeah, stuck with him no matter what. This is. He signed a big deal. So whatever. Who cares? The one X factor too that Oh shit, thirty three. Only two of them have <laughs> he's thirty-three. Oh never I mean, mind. Scherzer, I take back my uh, Strasburg take. Scherzer's like I, I thought he was still going though. So. He's gone. He's, he's with the no, Dodgers. I know, but I'm saying like Scherzer's one of those. Oh, you mean Scherzer like, and like Kershaw are like old two of the like rare <laughs> old pitchers. That are just tearing it. Yeah. There's Tom Brady, so they're going to be pitching into their 40s. Dude, Scherzer uh, might win the NL um, Cy Young. I came out of nowhere. Dude, he's been well, so good. Really, but he's been so good. Yeah, yeah, he's been incredible. But it, I wouldn't say he came out of nowhere. But like that was Jacob Degrom's to lose until he got injured, and then it was like Max Scherzer just like ran away with it. I'll so take I, that. what would that be? His yeah. fourth? Yeah, that'd be his fourth. He is three. Damn. Okay. Anyway, Hall of Fame. Mamma mia. 100%. Three is like um, the guarantee. Four is like the, the the super secret Hall of Fame. Yes. This is where secret you get to have sex with the mascots. Except there'll be like the the three uh the three media members he snubbed one time in like Kansas City on a back to back. And they're like, You're Fuck right. you. I, I won't forget. <laughs> yeah. You laugh, but that's exactly how these like that's psychos gonna happen. operate. Yeah. You didn't sign thirty five balls for my daughter's birthday. You only signed thirty four. <laughs> yeah. This gets me on my soapbox about Mariano Rivera being the only fucking unanimous. Oh God. That, that he's amazing. Will, like he deserves yeah, he's that. Great. So he's several. fine. Griffey does too. Like he was also just a closer. Get the hell out of here with this. Like how is how is he the only unanimous choice? When he was just a freaking closer, I don't get it. I mean, Derek Jeter wasn't even like like everyone loved and he him. He shouldn't. Yeah, right. Like, I, and today, did like, you hear his speech? Did I he call to out the one guy? Voters, except for the one guy who didn't vote for me. Well, same with like Griffey. It's like there were like three guys who didn't vote in Griffey in the Hall of Fame. Like, what, what's your criteria? Yeah, what if, were like, you doing, Griffey Junior? It's not a Hall of Fame. Probably they're probably if I had a venture a guess they're probably like 78 years old and yes 
just years ago made the decision that no player, regardless of how good they are, deserves to go in on the first ballot. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Yep. Like that's, that's insane, the only yeah. logical conclusion. Because there have been a handful of guys that I'd argue are deserving. I personally don't think Jeter should have been an unanimous choice. I think that was largely based to being in New York. It's the Yankees. Is he a Hall of Famer? Hell yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, but unanimous? I don't know about that. I mean, you've said it's it's a precedent was set where it was like, okay, if all these other guys weren't unanimous, like even Jim Tomey, it's like the dude has like, even with the steroids. 600 home runs? Yeah. 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 Even with the steroid guys, he's in like the top 10 all time. How is that not? I was never, there was never any question of his performance. Ugh. Ugh. All right. What were you going to, I, I, yeah, that gets me. I was going to say too, I was going to say back to, back to your, you're trying to get us moment. Yeah. Which I did. (laughs) Gotcha. Journalism. You did. You did. If I had to narrow it down, boy. Steve, you bring up a nice point about Guerrero Jr. And I loved his dad. And I love the Blue Jays. Well, I should they, they won again. They're pretty. I, that's my. That's what we're segueing into next. I pull for them. Um, yeah. Anyway, so the I, love uniforms. Um, oh, I love so their nice. uniforms. I love their uniforms so much. Yeah. Um. I mean, outside of him and Tatis, these you know, Guerrero. And Tatis grew up on ball field, like, you know, pro stadiums. There's a little extra there, too, I feel. Like, you get a little extra behind the scenes. You know what it takes to take care of yourself and play for 14, Mm -hmm. 15 years. You don't have to learn it on the fly. So that might persuade me to look at Tatis and Guerrero Jr. in a different light. I'm going to disagree with you on the first baseman comment because I do think there's a handful of young first basemen coming up that intrigue me. Not to the level of Guerrero Jr. He's in the top echelon of of that. Yeah, I don't want to make it sound like there are no first basemen out there. I don't want to try to make it sound like that. But it seems like a lot of the young talent in baseball is not concentrated there right now. No, I would say they're, they're they are you know middle infielders and outfielders. I really do like this. Is a great question. Like I this, really do like all five of these. This is such tough. And these it is are and that's tough. exciting. The future of baseball is so bright. These yeah. are the five guys in the article that I you know mentioned earlier. Also. T- Funny enough, I think listed these five and maybe like one other guy as like the next face of baseball. Yeah. You know, yeah. it seems pretty clear that who, these guys have separated themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. I do like Acuna and I like Soto. They're all monsters. That's the thing. And, and Wander Franco's only one 20. Of those guys. Yeah. What were you going to say? <laughs> I would That's have to amazing. go with Soto or, or Acuna. Soto or Acuna? I, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Gun to my head, I would probably take Soto just because he's a year younger. Yeah, isn't it funny that that's like, like all the stats are so insane. <laughs> splitting hairs. They're it all is. so good. They're, they are all so incredible. It really is exciting. It's exciting to see these young players, and it's also going to be exciting to see how Major League Baseball completely ruins marketing them. Oh, yeah. We're never going to hear from these guys at all. <laughs> ever. <laughs> like ever. I know. Well, can I make a wish? That all the curmudgeons, yeah, let's go. Curmudgeons who dislike players just because they don't speak American well. Oh God, yeah, like the fall over tomorrow. Yeah, (laughs) like they just like. (laughs) Wow, you're wishing just for everybody, a bunch of people to die. A mass. Did I say die? Uh, did I say die? Well, no, just just collapse. Just collapse. Well, if that happens, collapse. They just collapse. If that happens, the midterms will be settled tomorrow. Then, yeah. Well, who was it that wasn't somebody? Weren't a number of people getting on Otani this year about his Japanese and yes. English? Yes. There was a, there who was, was that going who around. was the announcer that got on his case? Oh, uh, wasn't it? Um, what's his name with the Tigers? Yes, it was the Tigers. Yeah, was it Morris? Jack Morris? It was Jack Morris. Yep. Well, yeah. Jack Morris was making fun of him. But he's I thought like that Asian there was somebody thing. else. He oh, did the God. Asian, like, stereotypical yeah. Asian, yeah. Asian voice. Jesus but I thought Christ. there was somebody else who was like... No, you're right. There there was another he, thing. He's never going to be, you know, the face. Oh, he's never going to be the cause, face. Because he can't speak English, you know. Right. You need to speak English. Get the hell out of here with that shit. That's right. It was... Uh, oh, I know who it was. It was, did it you, was uh, Stephen A. Smith. It was Stephen... Steven, episode one. Yeah. <laughs> Play the tape. Play the tape. It was no. Steve DiMatteo. Stephen he A. Smith, it. you're right. It, it was, you're right. Oh, yeah. You're right. Noted a. baseball Smith. expert, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. yeah. Noted, <laughs> noted baseball guru. Yeah. I do love that they've tried it out, Stephen A. Smith, for every possible sport. My buddy texted me that Mel Kiper predicted the Browns would win the Super Bowl. And I go, wait a second. So ESPN's quote unquote draft expert is taking the Browns. I go, Phil Sims did today. Like, hey, cool. Like, but the dude's the quote unquote draft expert. What does he know about the NFL? He knows how to wash kids in underwear at the combine. (laughs) And then it's still very marginal how, uh, how correct how, his picks are. Correct, so. You're right. Yeah, so. No one ever really looks too deep no, into like six, his history of picks and stuff, but whatever. No. Okay. I mean, okay. granted, there have been a dozen seasons uh, prior to the Baker regime where uh, starting as early as like December, I'm like, Steve, Salmon, did you see the first like Kuiper big board? Yeah, oh, oh yeah. baby, who are we getting <laughs> with that top five pick? Yeah. <laughs> No, for sure. And the funny thing is, the only reason that he has any pull and gravitas is because he was the first quote unquote mm-hmm. draft expert. Yeah. He's got to be the first. You don't have to be the best. First of the party, it. man. Hey. That's right. Okay. We so it seems like we kind of. Listeners, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. But hopefully gaining them today, too. I thought that was a great, like, starting off point. I mean, the Indians are super depressing right now. So I thought that like, they're still, you know, the bright side of baseball. And the, the reality is we're going to see Wander Franco 
possibly Vlad Jr., probably Tatis. We're going to see three of these dudes in the postseason this year. Like with with mm-hmm. at least two of them, we're going to see in the postseason. So that's amazing. Can I tell you one other thing too? When the 2022 schedule came out, I gave it a quick glance to see where the uh, Guardians will be playing on the road to make uh, some road trip plans. And I completely failed to look at my season tickets. And there is a week, I believe in May, I actually got super excited because my package is a Tuesday-Thursday package. And the Padres in Toronto come back-to-back week. series. Mama! I'm going to be leaving my wife and kids for like three, four days. If That's you amazing. want to find me downtown at the game. My uh, my daughter's birthday is right around there, and I'll I'll skip it for any one of the for, probably yeah. for the Padres. I'll skip as you it. should, as <laughs> yeah. you should. Babe, Tatis Junior's in town. You don't get it. You don't understand me. You're gonna <laughs> that's have me other talking, birthdays. That's me talking to my daughter, yeah. <laughs> my two year old. There will be other birthdays. <laughs> she doesn't even as remember. She ignores you and just like eats a handful of cake. Right. <laughs> Just give a shit that I'm there. And your wife guilt trips you into missing it. And you're like, whatever. We care. We'll just get blacked out drunk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. No, it seems like we were uh, gravitating a little bit around Juan Soto with some good. I mean, but again, yeah, no, no wrong answer there. I just thought that was a fun question because it's no, like, God, there's so 100%. many good young players. So. Yeah, we have another uh, fun question a little bit later for this episode. If I don't, uh, if I wasn't, Ooh, I like let's call a tease, baby. Let's go. So as we get closer to uh, the end of the season, and f- I'm we already officially buried the Indians' uh, playoff hopes, but they're really doing it to themselves here by getting their ass kicked against the Red Sox again and the Twins. And actually, I was going to say, if the Indians they sweep the Royals and get me all. Getting jacked all jacked up, up. And- then everybody ahead of them in the wild card standings is is in a slump. So the Yankees have lost, I believe, now five in a row. And after their crazy win streak, yeah. After the, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're Which, like. By the way, how funny is that? That they're like their best win streak in franchise history was only like what twelve games prior to that. We beat that like, by 10. only twelve. <laughs> we got twenty two on the. Up in the well, when it's the, the, uh, rafters. I was just say real quick sidebar. Um, I I was looking and I did not realize the Indians come to play the Dodgers in June of next year. Yeah, so yeah, I am yeah, yeah. so uh, excited. Wait, time about out. That. Is that a timeout? You are wrong, my friend. The Indians will not be there. Oh, the Guardians, the Guardians will be playing yes. the Do- Dodgers uh, Friday, Saturday, this Sunday. Is, so see, this is uh, it's a weekend series. Give us Steve. Yeah. Chris, if you guys want to visit LA, you have a place to crash at, and we can go to a couple games. We could, we could take the show on the road, buddy. I'm going to yeah. sleep in your Live in your Dodger kids' bed, Stadium. and they can sleep on the couch. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I mean, I'll just get a tent from like Walmart and sleep out on your like. I have a tent. I have a beach like, tent. You can sleep out. Yeah, I mean, it's not too hot in June. June's June's. It doesn't get bad here until July. So okay, you're good. Mm, that's fun. Okay, all right. Yeah. We'll be talking. There's going to be some yeah. plans being made. Here. I didn't realize yeah. it. I because last year I uh, the Indian the well they were the Indians last year. They were last yeah. year the Indians were in town during Memorial Day weekend, and I was going to buy 
all three all games. The tickets? So all of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the kids haven't gone to a Dodger game yet. But then with COVID, obviously that got canceled. And I was like, oh, 2021, they didn't have them. And I thought I had already looked at 2022 schedule. I saw the Angels early on. And usually they just do Angels, Dodgers. And I'm like, oh, we're not playing the Dodgers because we come back home. But then I, I was like, well, I guess I'll look while we're talking about it. And lo and behold, we got the Dodgers. Man, nice. Will you got? Will you buy me a Dodger dog? Yeah, yeah I'll buy. Yeah, of course I'll buy you a Dodger. They're dog. like eighteen dollars. <laughs> no, the Dodgers they're not that bad. The beers are eighteen dollars. Um, oh, maybe it was the beer. Maybe the Dodger <laughs> the beer is so expensive at Dodger games. Um, yeah, I mean we could just sneak some stuff in. Like it's. I just remember spending like thirty two dollars for like a beer and a Dodger dog, and I was like, yeah, well. One in Rome. They have good garlic fries. They have a good barbecue stand. Uh, there's a lot of fun options for food there. Sweet. I would love that. I that would uh I that would almost complete my NL West tour. I only need uh Ooh, nice. I've been to I've done San Colorado, Diego. I've done Arizona, I've done Dodgers, I would need to do San Francisco. Oh, that's the San so Diego, dope. have you? Well, I haven't done San Diego, yeah. Also them. I was like, wait a minute, who's the fifth team? Also so yes. Also, hold on, Fabs. Why'd you do this for? Uh, I'm sorry. For I'm sorry. Well, Chris is looking to see up. if San Diego plays before. I was or after. just gonna like. I'm just because like, oh, I, I haven't been to their stadium. Go, I haven't go. been to their stadium yet. And uh, what weekend is it? Yeah, what weekend is that? I like that we're just making our travel plans like during this episode. <laughs> the sixteenth, like, seventeenth, and eighteenth of June. <laughs> we're all just like. You all like listen to us talk about what games we're going to. <laughs> are they just are they just googling a a, a vacation right now? <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure the whole episode was them just talking about vacation plans. Uh, that's fine. I'm not Whatever. upset. And players specifically not on the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. you know what? Players this is a who baseball be further removed. <laughs> it is a baseball podcast. Let me ask you this: How horny are you guys getting for the playoffs? Like for this stretch run, I mean, it's I, it stinks that you know we're not part of it, but like, dude, I I love that one of my low key one of the best sports days of the year is that Friday where every team is playing in the postseason. Like it's yeah, the, so amazing. Like yep. I all and as a West Coaster, the first game is going to be on here at like eight a.m. or nine a.m. Like it's amazing. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little disappointed that we don't have the expanded playoffs because that was yeah. so much fun last loved year. Loved it. We'll It'll get it back. next year. I loved it. I'm, I'm, I hope so. But I will say this. I will say this. I, I, will it, say it, this. It, I like the expanded playoffs a lot for obvious reasons. But I will say there is something really, really special. Like right, right from now, from the start of, of the NFL season to the end of the baseball season, is like one of my favorite times yeah. of the year because not it's, only are you getting into the, so you're getting in the swing of the football season and the weather's still pretty decent and you're getting excited for like Halloween and then uh, the baseball Hockey. season stretch run. Hockey's coming, basketball's Wait, coming, Cavs rumors, like, yeah, Cavs of trade rumors, terrible Cavs rumors. But it's what I like about Kevin the, Love, uh, oh god, what I like about the current format is that you still only have the two teams. And it leaves like this crazy, like log jam of mad teams. Dash. Where, like, so it's a mad dash to the finish where right now in the AL wildcard race, you've got one, two, three, four, five teams legitimately still in it between the Red Sox, 
yeah. Yankees, Blue Jays, Mariners, and A's. And so basically, it's like every game is so utterly important for those five teams now moving forward. And the, just like I love every morning, like waking up and like seeing the shift in the standings. Uh, well, that, for the was, wild card that races. was funny during the uh, broadcast of the Indians game tonight. Manning and um, Matt Underwood were going through the remaining schedules of all the teams still in the hunt, and it was oh, that's cool, pretty wild. Just also, the, the the atmospheres, the 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 fans are so good in the postseason. Like it's just so electric. Even Tampa Bay yeah. draws in the postseason. Somewhat decent. They draw more than the four thousand that they got oh. like the last couple games. Jesus yeah, Christ, that's rough. I don't get them out of there. I mean, I understand the COVID situation down there, but you can't tell me that that's they wouldn't be drawing that much anyway. That's grotesque. You're what? So here's they could okay. Definitely so definitely double that in Montreal. <laughs> yeah, and Montreal fans would be going crazy with this same team. Like it'd be amazing. Hundred percent. So let me. Let me throw this stat out at you now that you've mentioned my my raise is and this is why it's a, uh, such a shame that they draw what they do is that over the last two years going into tonight, they lost tonight. So I just whatever. But like going into tonight over the last two years, the Rays are 73 and 33 against AL East opponents. So it's a win percentage of just a shade under 69 percent. But like they nice. nice. But they dominate the AL East. It's incredible, and they probably and will they for like also years dominate to come. The Indians, yeah, they really take it to the Indians these days. <laughs> the Indians actually that, getting into that, the Indians. A- their problem right now, aside from like laying an egg against the Twins here, is that they just aren't ready to face like the better teams in baseball. We're just not quite there yet. And that's why we're going to finish right around 500 this year. Right. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, you could talk about the injuries and stuff like that, but being the youngest team in baseball comes with that sort of like the two yeah. Red Sox series. They played the Red Sox incredibly tough. And if things go yeah, a certain way, you're talking about winning two out of three. I mean, they could, they could have easily swept that series in Boston. And it just so happens that yep they, few bad breaks and they barely get out of there with a win, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it is what it is with a young team. It's like, that's what you're going to have. It's like, you know, the excitement of like go of that game on Saturday where they tie it up in the ninth and then like lose it in extras. It's like, that's what young teams do, man. You know, they, they're just not quite there yet. So we'll take our lumps this year and, uh, you know, bigger and better things next year. And it's kind of funny. I've been hearing a lot of writers already looking forward to next year and talking position battles. And you get the obvious out in the outfield, which we'll spend more time on, I'm sure, you know, during the offseason. I personally think there's only really one spot that we need to lock up right now in the outfield in some corner spot. doesn't matter which, but yeah. again, we can discuss that at greater length. And then you hear this like second base, like debate, which 
I get, but I don't. And then first base. And I really think that the outfield will be addressed. So then, you know, in spring training, it's really going to be, I personally think, the biggest question mark is going to be first base. I agree with you. That that's a complete mystery yeah. to me. Again, if it's not and addressed, I, I think because, it's actually a pretty. I think it's a pretty simple. Well, I don't think they need to address it because I think you have internal options. Mm, but not yet. I would say, but that's I me. I think. I I mean, Bobby Bradley is. He needs to hit a couple home runs down the stretch first and foremost, and then he has to come out and have a great spring. Because I don't think Naylor is going to be ready for the start of the season. I'm going to say Naylor May 1st. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think ultimately he could be the first baseman. Is Another Luke Voigt like a first baseman? There is Luke Voigt is a first baseman. And that's an interesting name that you bring up. Yeah, because I know his. I mean, it's like, a very interesting space. name that you bring up there. Yeah, his space on the Yankees is pretty much in question with Gallo and Rizzo yep. both being there. So I know I know that like they were talking about possibly moving him at the deadline, and I liked him for for the Indians. I would prefer that Cleveland go out and try and find something at first base because it's pretty grotesque the first base position right now. It's like well, I was going to say internally, I think you got Bobby Bradley, Josh Naylor, and Daniel Jones. All as possibilities for uh, Nolan Jones or Nolan Jones. I'm sorry, Nolan Jones. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then you got a couple, but that's guys still pretty. Down, that's like oof. John Kenzie, like we said, have said, dude, John Sexy. Yeah, it's not the greatest. John Sexy, <laughs> have you seen his stats at in uh, Lake County? They are, dude, by the beautiful. way. Here's something that just I just saw today that blew my mind. He has gone through three different levels this year. Yeah. He's an animal. Like, he has gone 20. three different levels. Yeah. We also have, like, six guys. Is he going to be our younger. I was just going to say he'll be up here when he's 22. So. I love that. I, I, there's, love that. I, would, I would argue that there is a non-zero chance that by the end of next year he makes an appearance in he might Cleveland. he's gonna he's gonna make an appearance i could feel i bet i oh, if certain things fall a certain way it'll be it'll be a daniel johnson six at bat cup of coffee but well i don't know yeah. because i don't know because i think there's a very real possibility that he opens the year at double a he'll be okay. not 21 until like 21. the middle of the season so I think what happens is this is assuming, say, the Indians don't make any effort, which wouldn't be <laughs> too crazy. They don't make any effort to address first base in the offseason. And they go into the season with like Bobby Bradley and like maybe Josh Naylor is not there yet or he's coming along slow, whatever. And first base is just a disaster. That's super realistic, though, Steve. Like what you're describing is like. Well, Naylor was Naylor was batting like two eighty something before his injury. Um, let's see if we give Bradley more consistency give him and another, be healthy. Give him like one month, and if he goes off, 
awesome. Cool. You have a first baseman. And if not, we have Naylor who can get healthy. He can hit for above average. Jones and, yeah. Jones gets an extra month in Columbus. And, totally, yeah. Oh, know. but Steve, continue. So what happened? Yeah. What continue what happens after that then? So I think I think what would conceivably happen is like Noel's probably in triple A by like July. If he rakes in double A. And then if he if he's raking because there'd be no reason to keep him there. And so I could see him getting promoted and then he'd get, you know, if you're sitting, if you're sitting in July where it's like first base is still kind of a huge question marker and, and somewhat of a disaster. And Noel comes up and is like starting to hit in. If he does like the Owen Miller thing and hits like, you know, a stupid number in AAA, even if he hits 300 <laughs> right, yeah. in AAA, yeah. which is insane. Even if he's just hitting that, it's like I don't see why the Indians' guardians would wouldn't entertain the thought. I know that's like him rocketing up the system, but the guardians are sort it's of like though. like I don't think yeah well yeah and like they're the guardians are like I would argue a year or so ahead of schedule in terms of where they think I think they might think they might be so yeah. I can see that, especially with how there was some stat that McKenzie is the only pitcher in like the last like 50 years. This was all post game with like six innings pitched and like less than five hits. And it's like in three consecutive stars and like zero runs or whatever, or like one run or less. And it's like Cliff Lee and then like. I forget who the other pitcher was for the Indians, but it was like an amazing stat. And he's your fifth starter. And he's right. Your fifth starter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Get out since of here. the all-star break, both him and Cal Quantrill have really, really. Beast. And he's 24. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm like excited to get run into the 2022 season, man. Um, I, I, I'm Dude, excited that, to just like play yeah, out the string on this year, but I'm like so ready to just get get me to 2022. Totally. Here's a trade package that hit me this morning, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. It makes I love your trades. Please go forward. Please go forward. I love your a trades. A little bit of sense based on is roots. it with the Pirates? No, oh. but it is with an NL Central team. Ooh, okay. So Major League Baseball just came out with an article of like. 30 guys who could get traded and should get traded this offseason. And Sonny Gray was on that list. Mm. Interesting. Okay. He's under team control for two years at like 12 and like 10 million. And it got me thinking. I go, boy, he'd be a nice piece to add as a back of the rotation kind of guy who gets go, pushed out ultimately you have that's that let's let's disregard that part for right now because yeah someone would get pushed out and i was like and even if you only had him for a year it sure seems like roberto perez is getting shipped out mm-hmm. or I was gonna his say, option yeah. won't get picked up so the money really is a non-issue because teams already said the payroll is going up. So let's just reallocate 
Perez is eight million for Gray's twelve, and it goes up four million. Okay. Then I'm starting to think more and more about the Reds. What if you could somehow convince the Reds to package Jesse Winker and Sonny Gray mm. for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a number of prospects? I like where your head's at. Winker fills that that left field, right field void. Gray is a back of the rotation guy that they really don't need because they've been succeeding without him this year. It's just, would they give up on, would they trade you Winker too? Yeah. Well, Winker, I actually, I actually think the, the thing, I, I don't know if gray would be that attainable because the reds are so desperate for pitching that it would seem counterintuitive for that. What if you to, gave him, what if you gave him younger pitching? But right now the Reds, like Votto's getting up there in, in years. They're fading for their postseason, postseason hopes. But they're yeah. probably going to go into next season thinking like, hey, we have a shot to compete for the division. If they expand the playoff field, they're definitely like thinking like we, playoffs are we, – we should be in there. And so like I feel like obviously Sonny Gray is not like a person where it's like he's – like there's – Nothing you can offer that we won't we we're, we're gonna yeah. trade Sonny Gray. I just think it makes it a little bit more challenging. I like the trade though. I just think it makes it more challenging because if they're expanding that playoff field, the Reds like I mean they're only one game out now. They're, yeah, they're yeah. gonna they're, I mean, they're like, in they're in the thick of things right now. And here's the thing Winker is arbitration eligible next year. So you'd have him for three more years. And you have Gray for yeah. at least two. The thing with Winker that makes him attainable is that the Reds have just like a, an insane offense. They they've yeah. they've scored like one of the most it's run crazy. totals of anybody, and it's just always. And actually, their starting pitching kicks ass too. It's their bullpen that's a disaster. So what you could do is you could package arms that would bolster their bullpen, and that would probably get you closer to where you need to be because they still have like Karen four. Jack. Pre- that would be mm-hmm. interesting. That actually would be extremely interesting. Karen Check, Eli Morgan, one of the one of the shortstops, and another like double A arm. Yeah, I would love that. It shores up. I just it shores up left field. I, gives I you you can hit twenty some home runs. If, I don't know if that's enough to get it done, but boy. It'd be interesting. I mean, you'd be going into spring trading with like literally six, six guys that should be in the rotation. That would be really interesting. I mean, you'd have like a Dodgers problem where it's like David Price getting pushed to the bullpen, you know? Right. I love that problem. though. That's a great trade because that means all you're worried about is right field. And if Naylor comes back healthy, you can just plug him in the right field. Right field, basically what I'm thinking of. And I didn't intend this to be a segue. I'd go. I'd I'd roll the dice on Harold Ramirez again. Oh yeah, and yeah, and if he falters, there's a couple of guys coming up the system that I'd be like, okay. Well, what's also Chris? What's great about your trade is it's only adding three or four mil to the payroll, and it's not a, yeah. I mean, especially if you get rid of Perez, it's shoring up most of your outfield. You have an inexpensive right field option, and 
then you have money to play. You have money for extensions or if you just want to pay for first base and then you're pretty much like ready to go. I say I, I'm into that. I love it. Jesse Winker is a I would almost just make a play for just Winker. Career yeah, hitter. I want Winker. 289. He has 24 home runs. Uh, well, he's a 307, a career 289. 307 this year. 71 yeah. RBIs. Like, Average almost a like 400 on base. home runs. Yeah, give me that, please. I want to go to there. <laughs> yeah, I would be absolutely all about trying to just acquire him even. I would almost roll the dice with the arms that we have and then see what's coming up and just trust in our development and use that money to maybe even see, I would then use, I would use like the Roberto Perez money to like try and sign Winker to a decent, cause he's going to get something of a decent raise yeah. in arbitration, right. obviously. So you try to maybe buy and out you can the use money for years. If you're going to, if you're going to like Karen check would probably be your, one of your main pieces to trade then to give them bullpen arms. And you can just pay for a veteran bullpen arm too, fairly inexpensively to like help make and you up could for probably that. bring back as much as it doesn't excite me, but then you look back or you look at bringing. Oh, I mean, because we do have so many arms in the bullpen too, that like a Shar Parker who doesn't excite anybody, but is an old veteran. You bring one of those guys back on a just, just eat up innings, yeah. That's eating all you up need. innings, you know, like hey, here's two and a half mil deal. Tell you what, that would be pretty nice. Putting Jesse Winker yeah. at like, I mean, I what would he, he, he would hit Chris. like? Would he hit like sixth? fifth, fifth or sixth? Woo. Yeah, you'd have Ramirez third, Framel fourth. Yeah, he'd hit fifth, right? Ahmed Rosario hitting second. You could oh, put Miles Straw, Ahmed Rosario, Jose Ramirez, Franmil Reyes, Jesse Winker. That's pretty nice. I'm almost thinking you could also <laughs> slide in like a Naylor or Harold Ramirez, who's a decent bat, and then Winker, who's Boy, a hate, little more. I would fun. hate to drop Jesse Winker to six. That's crazy, but I dig it. I mean, I'm just saying, but you could yeah, do that. You could you do could. that. You could. Dude, that gives you, you a get, great one through seven. And then whatever whatever shit 140 hitter we have as our catcher batting ninth. Yeah. <laughs> great defensively. Hey, he's just there the, for the defense, man. That's right. Yeah, just at that point, if we have, if we have that what, one through seven, winning, I, I'm, I'm cool. Just give me good defense I, and catcher. I, I love Hedges, glove man. winning, 170 hitting. I do, too. I do, too. I absolutely love him. I, every time he hits a, like a towering home run, I'm like, fuck yeah. And like I don't even care that he's hitting like 164. I'm just like, yeah, baby. <laughs> By the way, did you see his minor league or not his minor league team, but his little league team? No. No. Oh my goodness, dude. Hold on. Hold on. It's right, insane. So while, yeah. While you look while you look that back up, obviously also Aaron Savali returned from injury, which was like crazy. To finally Amazing. see him back, it was very weird. Probably too little, too late, but nice to see him come back and uh, pitch well. Bieber is looking to possibly line up to take a couple starts before the end of the year. Although with the way things are going, it's like a part of me just wonders, like, why is he doing this? 
It seems very yeah, strange man. to me that I, like, I feel like he might get like one or two games in. I think he'll get like a start. Yeah. It, it seems like just really weird to me that there's this like active push, you know, to try and get him. But if he's not, I don't know, if he's not feeling any pain, it's like, okay. So, it, although it'll be very bittersweet when Shane Bieber eventually returns, it's been right. quite a year for my fantasy team when I've had Shane Bieber, Chris Bassett on my pitching staff. So. Jeez. It's been rough. Hey, Bassett's a good guy, too. He's, uh, he's a Browns guy. fan. You know it. He's a Northeast Ohio guy, even, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Northwest, I thought. And then he went to Akron? Something like that. Yeah. A Mac okay. guy, too. Oh, So, Austin Mac Hedges. Shang. Austin Hedges' Little League team contained Austin Hedges, of course. Matt Chapman. Zach Davies. David Fletcher, Joe Musgrove, Michael <laughs> Lorenzen, and Bryce Harper. What? Oh my God. <laughs> did they win the Little know, League World Series? I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't understand. Like, how did they not go to the so, Little League World Series? So here's the kicker like, Harper grew up in Vegas, and one of these other guys grew up in like Colorado or someplace. And they were basically just like mercenaries. Yeah, just like just a travel, yeah. to like almost like article. an AAU thing. It Dude, was. I love it. it was. I love it. But this all came out during the uh, Little League Classic game, and I was like, um, "That's yeah, it was freaking stacked." That team would have annihilated if, like, it was on the in the Little League World Series. That would have been like unstoppable. Yeah, it was unreal. I'm into that. But yeah, he's probably going to be our starting catcher next year. So, so we'll have to find a backup. But, well, it seems like they're really trying to find somebody pretty uh, pretty quick. They're rocketing some names up the system. 33-year-old Ryan LaVarnier or LaVarnway. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you mean Olympian? Dude, we almost had... So if we could get LaVarnway to stay on the roster with and bring up Anthony Goes, we would have three Olympians on the team right now. <laughs> and know who else we could bring back was our boy who, um, oh gosh, uh, Ali Perez. He was playing for Mexico in some qualifying. Oh, that's right. And while we're at it, uh, Sign Todd Frazier to a minor league contract and then just immediately bring him up. Yeah, why not? Waste right. a 40-man spot on him. Like a 36-year-old. Todd Frazier. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. But we just really it's, liked what they were doing in the Olympics. Oh, but, yeah. Steve, you're like, you're, you're so right, though. I can't wait for a 2020. I mean, those, the second they announce, fingers crossed, that they're expanding the playoff field, I'm like, oh. Let's do this. Like I'm oh, ready yeah. to rock and roll. But even yeah. if they don't, I'm like, let's do this. I'm super jacked for our young guys. I think we'll shore off, shore up some of these position or some of these like question marks with the extra money we're going to spend, and just having this full rotation healthy with a Cal Quantrill, uh, McKenzie, like cheese. Like I wish it. The season even started if we next don't week. go out and make a trade or mm-hmm. right. Get a veteran pitcher, right? Like a healthy Morgan. Naylor I mean, back. Like the rotation. Yeah. 
someone posted on Twitter that the rotation in Akron next year is going to be like the two kids that we got at the deadline, Juan Hillman again, like who has been tearing it up this year, Cody Morris maybe to start the season. And it was like, holy heck. It's nuts, man. Like, doesn't Juan Hillman. Does Juan Hillman have to be added to the 40 this year? I thought he was a, a or free agent. Free agent. I thought he could be become a free agent. So um, there a certain guy. That I you also want to do talk think about. he was rule five. Okay, a certain man you want to talk about? I believe would become a free agent. Well, he would as well. So speaking of Twitter, and we talked about this uh, in our text, our group text, and part of the reason why I. I'm cool with Harold Ramirez starting the season off as one of our starting outfielders is because of the season that Oscar Gonzalez is having Mm. as a 23 year old. He's been, he's played just over like a hundred games in Akron and Columbus. Let me pull up his stats here quickly. But somebody comped him to a, a, another former Indian who, at 21 years old, split time between AA and AAA. Should be in the Hall of Fame, but isn't. And it's a little unfair, but they were comping him to Manny Ramirez. And I would say, that, that, I mean, the stats that you were. I get why. And I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, the stats you were throwing out there, I was like, okay, yeah, this this is pretty close. It was awesome, yeah. But I the blind, t- yeah, the blind test, yeah. And we'll post that online. We'll post it to our social. But Oscar Gonzalez has you know twenty five doubles, a triple, twenty six homers, seventy one RBI. He's hitting like three oh five between both, you know, over the two levels. The kid's showing that he should be at least looked at as a yeah first outfielder who will probably kind of scare you in the outfield a little bit kind of like Manny did but well you can't argue with I mean you can't argue with the the average and the fact that he's got the pop doesn't really walk much which whatever I mean does anyone anymore so Right. But he's improved on it this year, too. Yeah. Over years past. Well, the interesting thing with him is, so you have to basically add him to the 40. Yes. You No way around it. You have yeah. to. It's 100%. He will get scooped up if the Indians don't add him to the 40 this offseason. And so he comes in the spring training on the 40, man. He's 23 in AAA. It's like, he has to. Like, there's no other way around it. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Is like, and now he's only played 53 games in AAA. So it's not the end of the world if he goes down there for, you know, three go April weeks, or whatever. Yeah. You know, three yeah. weeks to four weeks of service or manipulation. May. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to, you have to see what you got. I think it's an, he's an intriguing option for next year going into spring training for sure. And it's just, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, it's 
going to be one of those interesting questions the Indians have to answer about like, you know, okay, what do we do here with the 40 man? I mean, that that's a guy who like probably wasn't on the radar much at the beginning of the year. Oh, no, definitely not. But now he very much is. Because I'm looking at like, I'm looking at his stats from 20. You know, the funny thing, though, is in 2019 at, at high A, which was Lynchburg at the time. He hit 319 with a 342 on base. And he only hit eight home runs with like 22 doubles in 385 at bats. So the pop wasn't like super evident. But I mean, he was still but hitting he was also He was also 21, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. And then 2020 so, obviously was lost. I mean, you work What's out it? a little bit. I mean, that's sort of the interesting thing about like 2020 being as lost as it was is like some of these guys who like had decent 2019s or whatever kind of just fall, fell off the radar after two years. I mean, it's hard yeah, yep. to when you get that in, entire year gone, it's like we may have been on him earlier, but it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, he hit okay. He was pretty good in, at high A. He was hitting 300. It's like, that's great. Wasn't like blowing anybody away, I guess. But, you know, then you lose a year and it's like, okay, then there's other prospects or whatever. And he kind of just gets like thrown into the mix with all the others. Yeah. Kind of just picked up where he left off, honestly, this year. Added exactly. some power. So, I mean, yeah, man. If he comes out and becomes like a viable option. Not even... Yeah, 100%. And even in the text, I said, you know, to you guys, I think we all unanimously agreed that I think it's a little unfair, you know, that that comp to Manny. Manny was a first-round draft pick and put up Hall of Fame-worthy numbers and hit 45 home runs like it was nothing. But wouldn't you also take 25 to 30 home runs 25 to 30 doubles and like a 280 batting average from yeah. oh my god gonzalez oh my god from a from, a, from a guardians outfielder holy shit yeah yep. <laughs> so what world am i in so maybe the better comp is pre-indian signing eddie rosario when he was mm. with the twins mm-hmm. yeah yeah Pretty pretty consistent thirty home twenty five to thirty home runs a year eighty some RBIs yeah 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 dude I would say I, I don't know maybe I'm a psychopath but I'd say Eddie Rosario isn't out of the question bringing him back again <laughs> maybe I'm nuts but I don't know maybe. I would I would entertain it I would entertain it I wouldn't say no never I, say I, never I would give it another shot I'm a sicko but I would give it another shot because honestly dude. He was kind of raking before he got hurt. He was. Yeah. And like, it doesn't cost us that much. We we're going to be spending some money next off season. And the question is like, there aren't a, a ton of like obvious roster spots to make a change at. So like, where are we going to be spending the money where it's going to impact next season? Because if you're talking extensions, that's like future, that's future money. That's not like, that's not going to increase next year's, payroll to that 70 to 80 million dollar range right yeah we're, you're probably looking at what 50 60 we're currently at, i think 55 yeah let's call it 55 i think you could marginally increase 
everybody and then you're sitting around let's say 65 70 maybe just giving everybody <laughs> they'll to call it a day then I'm like yeah see we increased $5000 boost <laughs> well yeah get ready for that <laughs> but if they don't keep uh, Perez though that's that's some money they can play with yeah i mean it would be i would be shocked if they did it just uh, i mean look it doesn't it seem sense. like they're going to spend 12 million dollars on Perez and Hedges. And Perez is a great defensive catcher and and sort of steward of the pitching staff. But I think Hedges has come on nicely though too. Exactly. Exactly. And like I, I don't know. I mean, I I love Hedges' enthusiasm. It seems like he's like got you know the love of the team behind him and uh there's a lot of young you, catchers you in say- the system privately that you were going to grow your hair out and be just like him too i would look like a serial killer because i don't have a lot of hair on the top of my head <laughs> so if i grew my hair out to that length <laughs> i'd look, totally look like, um, yeah sure <laughs> oh uh i would love it like, if one day hedges took off his hat and it just was found that he had no hair on the be- top of his head whatsoever <laughs> he's just been growing it from the sides that would be hilarious Chris, I know you've got a know your prospect as well. I want to get to as, I do, as well. So. I do. So I was going to make a joke. Do you guys want to talk about some Mets real fast? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Uh, you we know, we, we, we haven't shit on them in a while. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll shit on the Mets for a minute and then we'll uh, we'll get into the know your prospect and, and close things out. Well, let me ask you guys this then. Where did you fall on like the Lindor, Baez, Pilar? whoever else thumbs down thing. Where where did you land on that? Like I, at the end of the day, it's like not like that, like overly offensive, but it's also it's just super stupid. Like it's not, it's not like funny or creative. You're shitting on your fans. Like you had to understand you're getting paid an asinine amount of money. Like I'm talking specifically about Lindor. Like he forced his way out of Cleveland, a small market he didn't want to be in to get paid a stupid amount of money and he hasn't been performing well and hasn't for a couple of seasons. And the team is underperformed in a division that wasn't very tough. And yes, Mets fans are like a super sensitive bunch uh, and they boo very heavily, but also like, I don't know, you guys kind of deserved it. You haven't been playing well. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's just a super weird thing to like, it's super, I feel like you could do something that's more creative. That's not so directly like at the fans. Like you got to know you're going to get like shit from the New York media. And like, people are going to mm-hmm. call you out on it because it wasn't like, you know, all of a sudden when they started doing it, everyone turned it around and they won like 15 straight and Lindor, you know, batted 450 during that section. And like, it's just, I don't, it's it's baby behavior, and it's just another reason why I'm glad Lindor is not on our team. Yeah, I on one level I'm like, well, look, players can do whatever the hell they want. Like, right? It you know, fans should be able to take it the same way. If they if they're going to give it, fans should be able to take it as well. Because like totally. the the fans really ride them hard. Like there are so many ins. I I don't know if it, I don't know who it was who played for the Mets however long ago 
but there was somebody who like I have to find it, but like who desperately wanted out of New York because like they hated how they hated the fans. They like they basically said Mets fans were stupid, and I'm not saying Mets fans are stupid, but I'm saying that Mets fans, much like Yankees fans and maybe Phillies fans, they like you said, Fabs are a fickle bunch where they will boo mm-hmm. you on a daily basis. And like I would say, as a baseball player, I'd get pretty fucking tired of that pretty quick. And yeah, like. Especially if like a bunch of New Yorkers are screaming at me on a daily basis because like oh I had like a bad week or something and like, I went no one concept. for five today yeah yeah and there's like you fucking bum like I would you know after a while I'd want to give it back and I think like that like sort of like media blowing it out of proportion of like oh my god you know look at what these players are doing. Yeah. I think that was stupid, but like at the same time, it's like Javi Baez doing like that really weird press in- interview with like his son, where he was like chastising the fans like in that like interview, and it was like, well, when we you know when we do good things, we do this, and it's like as like a weird like very openly talking about it, and like also just like like you said, it's just like baby behavior, man. It's like you had to know that by doing that, you'd be pissing people off. And like, maybe that was the point, but it's just so dumb. It's like, you guys sucked ass for like a month straight. You lost first place. You stink. Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's like even the sign of a team. That's like their heads are even in it. It's like, that's kind of a weird like mentality to have is like, you're trying to get back into the division. It's it's strange to me. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it because like I, I'm all for players doing like whatever. Like I like the idea of a team just being like fuck you to the fans. I think that's really like fun. oh, it's hilarious to me. Yeah, I think it's great. But like at the same time, I'm like, surely you had to know people were going to be like, hey, what's all those thumbs down about? And it's like, well, right, you know, and like yeah, like you said, it's like I don't know. I'm not going to like be on Lindor too much about it, but I'm just like, I don't know, man. It's a weird thing. It's just like kind of weird. Cause like, even there was like that weird rumor that he like got into a fight in the tunnel earlier in the year with a guy. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. 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 I don't know. About, it's about been a weird rat, for the, rat, like the raccoon. 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 Yeah. yeah. What? It's a bit a weird year for him. Just strange. I'll just yeah. say this. The expectations in New York are vastly different than other places. Fabs, you rattle off, you know, a number of different cities and childish comes to, you know, that what they did was childish. I think in my mind, you have to kind of go in knowing full well that, yeah, the expectations in New York are going to be different than Cleveland and Chicago. And if you're going to crumble under booing and resort to that yeah it's gonna be a long road man it's gonna be a long road safe to say Javi Baez probably is on this team next year yeah I can't imagine he is even though him and Lindor are like best buds yeah which probably means the Mets will be completely dumbasses and sign him Hey, if it ru- if it if it ruins their if it ruins their flexibility for their payroll, I'm all for it. A hundred percent. Give <laughs> yeah. give Baez all the money and don't address your pitching. Sounds like a good idea to me. 
yeah let, I'm, let I'm all some for of those uh let some of those pitchers you know leave in free agency yeah right but yeah no i mean i mean it was a pretty it was i would say of all the teams in baseball this year that has to be like the steepest like fall from a team that yeah. was in first place this season. Oh, from a team that was in first place, yeah. Well, I'd just like, just know, a team that was like contending this year, where it was like for a lot of this season, it was like okay, the Mets. Yeah, it looks like the Mets are going to win the East because the rest of the division stinks. Yeah, and uh, it's all looking pretty good for those guys. And then it just like it fell apart. I mean, the only team that comes to mind that's anywhere close is Minnesota, too. Where it was just that was oh, from the, the start, yeah. injuries yeah. and just like, well, yeah, here comes our rebuild. Um, that was quicker than I thought. Yeah, the re- the rebuild. Yeah, that happened super yeah. fast. Who would have thought that a team of a bunch of softball players would just fall apart? Hey, so quickly? I think we called it plenty of times early in the year and like previewing the season. We were like, I don't think the Twins are going to be this good. So good on us. Yeah. Although if you would have told me that undefeated, (laughs) I would not have predicted, I would have not predicted this outcome for them, but well, I was going to say, if you had told me that Jose Barrios would not be on this team by like the end of the year, I would thought that would be insane. Yeah. Yeah. But Hey, better for the guardians next year. I'm in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. All right, Chris, you want to take us home with uh, the Know Your Prospect? Well, yeah, right before I dive into that, I also wanted to say, I think if you did try to grow your hair out like Austin Hedges, you mm-hmm. would probably end up looking, at, based on your description, I wanted to make sure I had it right. You'd probably end up looking something kind of more along the lines of Chris Elliott in Scary Movie 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Scooping out the mashed potatoes with my bare hands. <laughs> I believe he does that at one point. Uh, yeah, yeah so, no, you're probably right. I mean, based on your own description. Yeah. No, that's fair. But a part of me, a part of me does want to see that. Is that wrong? No. I'll buy you a nice hat. I'll buy, you know what? Starting today, August, or September 9th. If by opening day you start growing your hair out, I think it'll start looking decent. <laughs> I'll buy you. I'll buy you a guardian's hat. Okay. If I grow my hair out, it'll be snap back and it'll be really shitty and it'll be like a ten dollar hat. But nonetheless, I'll buy you one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know, why not, man? Let's give it a shot. Let's see. You know, when yeah, you when you buzz your head for kids, so long, it's, just, it's been years. I haven't grown my hair out in years. It's been since my wedding, so like six years ago. It was the last time I had hair. Like, and the next day, it all fell you out. Do it, man. I think you could do it. All right. What are you trying to say? What are you, what are you trying hey, to say there? Interpret that. Interpret that let's as just, you will. Let's just avoid. Let's just avoid that. I've been saying <laughs> she's been poisoning you for years, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real uh, uh, <laughs> Crimson Peak situation going on here. All right. Yeah. No, it's, uh, uh, yeah. Aside oh from boy. like all my fingernails falling off and all my hair falling out, it's been really great six years. So <laughs> I don't know it's what's going good, on. It's been a good run. <laughs> what's happening? It's been a good me? run. 
Okay. All right. Well, that's we'll put that on the docket. Maybe I will grow my hair out. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So this prospect uh, this week was a little bit more of a fun one. I really don't know what his future holds. Truth be told, because he is a little on the older side for a prospect. There's some advanced numbers that look really nice. But then there's also other numbers that are kind of alarming when you look at them, too. But just having a little fun with this segment this week, I decided to go with Skylar Arias for no other reason than the fact that we had two Rosarios earlier this season. I thought it would be how awesome will it be when we could have two Arius on the team. And I think there's actually a third Arius in the system. Ooh. I think he's in like Lynchburg. Oh, um, maybe. Quite, like he might even be like a does he like go deeper dive into a prospect? Yeah, does he go by Arius, like Gabriel, or does it has anybody ever said his name out loud? I don't know. I don't know. You never know. It's like a Brandon Lau, Nate Lowe situation here. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but let's so, just pretend. Let, let's just say. Sky, so, so Skyler is a uh, a twenty four year old left handed relief pitcher, currently residing in the Rubber Ducks bullpen. He does have seven wins on this shortened season. He's appeared in uh, thirty three games, uh, thirty nine innings pitched, and is a big strikeout guy. He has 52 Ks and opponents are hitting 211 off of him. So again, there's some yeah. Interesting well, bull- numbers there. Uh, the strikeout guy. Are what it's not such a big stood deal out to me. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, those are pretty good. Those are just like very fine serviceable numbers. So that eventually he might find like in two years he might find his way which like honestly for a bullpen arm it's not the worst thing no and again who knows what his role is maybe he's just one of those guys that kind of keeps bouncing back and forth between cleveland and columbus you know you hear his name and then you don't hear from him for two weeks and then all of a sudden a rash of injuries occurs or there's the 40 man or gosh, I almost said 40 man roster uh, expansion for September, but that's only like two guys now. Thank God, by the way. Yes. That's so much nicer. Only having 28 guys on the roster. It makes September games, not such a slog like where guys like managers would go through like 12 pitchers in a game. Oh, yeah. I remember some <laughs> games against the Royals that were meaningless, that the Royals were, like, trotting out, like, 20 relief pitchers, and then just to mess with us, we're like, okay, this dude's coming in to face this guy. And then they're going to oh, yeah. change it up, and then there's going to be a new... There was, like, four pitchers in, within the inning, because they all faced, you know, one or two dudes. Mm-hmm. So, thank oh, I know. God, those terrible. days are over. Yeah. And I, I like it too because like it's not it doesn't there's none of that like prospect bullshit where like you bring up like twelve prospects two of them play like you know a yeah. couple at bats yeah. like no just just 
they're either up or they're not. They're, you know, the Indians expanded their roster to include Harold Ramirez coming off the DL or IL, I should say, and Tristan McKenzie. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, like, it's like there's a lot of people out there talking about like Nolan Jones and stuff. It's like they're not coming up. No. <laughs> like, where like, they why would he? Like, why would he? Where's he yeah. gonna play? And also, yeah, it's like, what's the rush? He's not even like tearing the cover off the ball at AAA right now, and there's no room for him anyway. So, what are you gonna do? Now, when Bieber comes back, I'm sure somebody in the bullpen will just get get their ass shipped out. But or maybe also, who cares? Seventeen this point, catchers only three weeks. Who cares? Yeah. Who gives a shit? So that, but that's like that's the that's what's good about it from like a team that's out of its perspective is like it simplifies the last month of the season like very much where it's just like whatever yeah just play out the string less pressure less pressure to to make sure you bring up the young guys that everyone's been talking about when it, it's maybe those extra at bats where they're they're going to only you know play two of those final fifteen games when they could just get valuable at bats elsewhere. I do. It's funny you bring that up because I do actually wonder if like part of it was that there was like ever a study done in baseball and I'm sure anybody could go do this, but like do September call up numbers ever translate into like future success or are they just like complete bullshit? Like from like prospects that that are like called up in September. I'm pretty sure that it would lean more to them just being utter BS. Yeah. Yeah. Just, now the just one thing bring... is the one thing that I got, you know, that the Indians would do w- was bringing up some of these prospects, get them with the team, get them into the dugout, get them acclimated where everything is at, you know, the stadium so when they would get called up the following May or June, they knew where, you know, the pisser was. I was gonna say, yeah, the toilet, yeah, the <laughs> like, team locker room, shit. like, like, hey, here, it, it, this is the toilet right over you here. Like, like, I know where you like at. making like making mud. This is the mud <laughs> factory. <laughs> Friend milk clogs this baby up every day, baby. <laughs> I bet he does. That's a big boy. But oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> some poor like intern is just like stationed outside of that like stall at all times with like a, an extreme plunger yeah. bringing the I, industrial size plunger you think that's bad like imagine like like the hurting that like like an offensive line would put on like a oh facilities oh god like a like an NFL I can't offensive even, line. Like, fathom. <laughs> I always love hearing. I love the stories of like how much offensive linemen eat an NFL player. Like when they go out to restaurants, oh, yeah. and like they have the cra- the crazy like the ten thousand calorie meals. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, I got six steaks and like a seafood tower. <laughs> well, did you oh, see man. a topic and? and- I don't think we've ever crossed this path, but Tony Fanu, the golfer, did you see what he ate after he won? He went to McDonald's and ordered like a McFlurry, like 
40 nuggets, like two Big Macs. And I was like, dude, like, I feel like I'm going to throw up just reading this order. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my, it that's is a so lot. much food. So much food. And he's that's like not a, a big dude. That's like a rock cheat meal where like the rock will post yeah. his cheat meals and they're like disgusting. They're like three pizzas, like four gallons of milk. Uh, and 25 like blueberry pancakes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, dude, I mean, I guess like I, that seems more grotesque to me than just like maybe like once a week you could just eat pancakes. It doesn't have to be like all or nothing. But right. I don't know. Yeah. The extreme. I don't want to live that life. Yeah. So, all right. So we ended this episode with Fran Mill Ray's clogging the toilets, which is good. So perfect. Right again, where we wanted to. Exactly. As, just as, as we, we timed it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> another perfectly planned episode uh okay so uh that's it for this episode uh be sure to catch us on social at calpino pod and uh subscribe rate review pass it along friend all that good stuff and uh catch you guys later